The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FPL podcast, which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. Double Game Week 19 is almost complete, there's just one game to go, which is the rearranged Aston Villa versus Newcastle game, which takes place on Saturday. I'm recording this episode on Friday morning. Looking back on the Double Game Week, a lot of bench boosters did well, despite Leeds and Southampton assets not delivering. Triple captainers will be disappointed if they went for the likes of De Bruyne, Bruno or Salah. KDB and Bruno getting just 8, while Salah very disappointing again, returning just 4 points. Couldn't believe he was benched in that Burnley fixture. John Stones was the unlikely double game week hero, racking up a whopping 27 points. Well done if you owned the City Man. His teammates Ruben Diaz and Ilkay Gundogan were also in the team of the game week, both scoring 18 points. The impressive Leicester City had no less than 6 players make the top scoring 11 of the game week. Schmeichel, Justin Evans, Tielemans, Barnes and Madison all scored 14 or more points. But frustratingly for owners, Jamie Vardy scored just four over the two games. Making up the 11 is West Brom's Matthias Pereira with 24 and budget striker Mikel Antonio with 18, who was a popular transfer in ahead of the double game week. The game week 20 deadline is Tuesday, 4.30pm UK time. Make note of it, set a reminder on your phone, don't miss it. There's FA Cup action this weekend, after which we will have a better idea of what blank game week 29 will look like. So hold off on making your transfers until Tuesday if you can. We could also learn of rearranged fixtures being penciled into the fixture calendar between now and Tuesday. So write the word patience on a post-it note, stick it to your forehead and leave it there for the weekend. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, I highly recommend checking it out. The articles on there have helped me a lot this season when it comes to making FPL decisions. You'll get ad-free versions of this podcast by doing so. And you'll also have access to my weekly FPL column and be able to take part in the weekly Q&A with myself and Ben Dinnery. It's just £3.99 a month if you visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. Join me in welcoming two new members to the 59th Minute Club. The first one is Bernardo Silva from Manchester City. He came off early against Crystal Palace in the first game for a one-pointer. He did go on to score in the second game though, so it was a good double game week for Silva in the end. But he joins the club, as does Ruben Neves from Wolves. A one-pointer, 59th minute substitution against West Brom. He will see some familiar faces in the club because Wolves are very popular. Nuno Espirito Santo is one of my favourite managers because he gives me lots of 59th minute shoutouts. Neves joins Potence, Eight Nuri and Otisawi as the fourth Wolves player to join the club. couple of notable mentions from the double game week. The biggest one, Kevin De Bruyne. Now, I got a lot of people tagging me in tweets about KDB joining the 59th minute club, but he hasn't. So I should explain, because I get tweets every week from people complaining about the name of the podcast. When people get 59th minute shoutouts, I go by the FPL website and it has to say 59 beside their name. KDB this week, it says 58 minutes. So yes, when people get taken off in the 59th minute, so between 59.01 and 59 
59. There, technically, yes, that is the 60th minute. But you know, I, I get I get a couple of tweets every week saying, technically, your podcast should be renamed the 60th minute podcast. Which yes is correct. Does it have the same ring to it? No. Am I going to change it now? No. Um, you know, most of us when we say a player has been taken off early. We say the 59th minute, even if it's 59-22. You know, we don't say he's been taken off in the 60th minute because in FPL, those 59 minutes mean it's only one point rather than two. So unfortunately, De Bruyne didn't make it into the club, um, but he had to get a mention anyway. Very, very frustrating because even just getting another minute or two, he would have got the extra point and the clean sheet point as well. So it would have been, you know, 20 points for captainers rather than 16. The other notable mentions, Wesley Fofana from Leicester in the first game. A tactical substitution by Brendan Rodgers. He wasn't injured. He came off after 52 minutes to miss out on the clean sheet. I did see him in a couple of teams, so that was frustrating for owners. But at least he did get the clean sheet in the second game. And last night, Liverpool, Oxlade, Chamberlain and Origi. Double substitution from Klopp to try and fix things, which didn't work. Both of those guys got 56 minutes. I think that's back-to-back, 56 minutes for Oxlade-Chamberlain. So he'll be probably joining the club soon if that continues. A quick review of my double game week. So going into it, I did a minus eight, which is very rare for me. I don't take many point sets. I sold Kane, Son and Loughton, which was pretty scary. You know, Kane and Son are highly owned players who are having very good seasons. But I wanted to attack the double game week. And I want to play without fear this season. So I didn't let fear stop me from selling the Spurs players. I brought in De Bruyne and captained them, Antonio and Cancelo. So looking back on that, it worked out well. Kane, Son and Loughton, who I sold, scored 22 points. De Bruyne, captain, Antonio and Cancelo scored 42. So that is a 20-point difference. Factor in the minus 8 and I came out 12 points up on that minus 8. Now you have to factor in, I did captain De Bruyne. But if I didn't bring in De Bruyne, I would have captained Salah. Which would have been an 8 pointer total. So I think it was a justified minus 8 that worked out in my favour. was frustrating to see Loughton get that clean sheet against Liverpool. Did not expect that. So the bench boost was active. My points total at the moment is 124 Take away the 8, that leaves me on 116 with Watkins to play. The good and the bad. The good, first of all, the defenders were amazing this game week. Diaz, 18. Cancelo got 8. Robertson got 8. Kufal, Hero, 12. And James Justin, one of my players of the season with a 14-pointer. Michael Antonio, 18, who I brought in. So that was it was always a risky move with Antonio's fitness. I wasn't 100% convinced he would start both games. It was good to see him do so and get a goal in each of them. So hopefully he can kick on now and, and score a few more goals over the coming weeks as well. And probably my hero of the game week was Anguissa at Fulham in the Manchester United game. Picked up the assist for Lukman. Then got a yellow card, which was frustrating, but still managed to get two bonus points. So Anguissa kind of saved my bench boost in the end what a player 4.5 million good chance he'll just stay in my team now as my fifth midfielder for the rest of the season on the bench the bad the goalkeepers you couldn't make this stuff up you bench boost once a season you get two goalkeepers and they both test positive for covid in the bench boost week i had melier and johnston frustrating but in this season you don't care you know you just want to make sure those two guys are okay once they test positive so my goalkeepers got me just two points 
Um, but the rest of the team carried those guys along. Suchek was disappointing, just getting four. And the big guns disappointed as well. Yes, they got a couple of points, but not enough really. Kevin De Bruyne, Bruno Fernandes and Mohamed Salah. We pay the big money, we want big points. We didn't get it in the double game week. Plenty of questions about those guys later. Uh, Bamford disappointing, as were Leeds as a whole. And Ollie Watkins just two points against Man City, which which was to be expected, but hopefully against Newcastle on Saturday, he'll do the business. Overall points is now 1,266. Green Arrow from 7.6k to 2.4k. So I'm absolutely flying. Very, very happy with how the season is going at the halfway stage. The challenge for me now is not to blow it up in my face and drop down the ranking. So looking ahead to Saturday... I've got just Watkins, so I hope he scores a hat-trick. I also hope Newcastle score, because I know a lot of people have Martinez and Target and those kind of players. Hopefully Grealish has a quiet one for me as well. There's been quite a few changes to the watch list over the course of Game Week 19, given that there were so many games. So I updated after the first round of games, and then I updated again today. So I'm going to give you a complete update post Game Week 19. First of all, the players I've removed. I've removed Alioski the Leeds left back quite simply because I prefer Stuart Dallas if if I buy a Leeds defender anytime soon it will be Dallas not Alioski Reese James is gone as well he missed the first game seems to be quite injury prone this season and I just don't want any Chelsea players at the moment given the uncertainty over Frank Lampard they're not playing well so I'm not going to be investing in them anytime soon Ivan Cavaliero at Fulham is also gone from the watch list he I think he has a decent option but if I go for a Fulham attacker it will be Lukman I thought Lukman was really impressive in that last game very very good player took his goal very well and I think there'll be more to come from him this season I think he's only about five million very good price as a fourth or fifth midfielder and finally remove Che Adams again just because I prefer one of his teammates if I buy a Southampton striker in the future it's going to be Danny Ings you know I've got my eye on Danny Ings in the near future to come in to bolster my strike force just to make it a little bit stronger because I've got the three cheap guys at the moment Watkins, Antonio and Bamford so one of those guys may go for Danny Ings at some point in the next couple of game weeks Players have added to the watch list following Game Week 19. I'll go defenders first of all. I've added Loughton back to it. I sold him going into the game week. I just think, you know, a cheap Burnley defender is always a pretty good option to have on your bench or in a rotation. Charlie Taylor picked up another injury. If he didn't, it would have been him on the watch list rather than Loughton. But Loughton, 4.4, 4.5, not sure what price he is at the moment. But he's a good option if you're looking for a cheap defender. As is Matt Target at Aston Villa. Luke Shaw has also been added. He has upped his game big time this season. He's been one of Manchester United's best players in recent weeks. Seems to have fought off Tellez for the left-back slot, although... Surely Tellers will get some game time, which is a slight concern, which is why I prefer Maguire when it comes to the Manchester United defence. But Shaw is in my thoughts as well. Craig Dawson is playing very well for West Ham. West Ham are keeping clean sheets since he's come into the team. I think he's 4.5. I've already got three West Ham players, so I won't be buying Dawson. But if you're looking for a cheap defender, he's one to look at as well. I've added Rudiger. I already said I'm not really interested in Chelsea players, but Rudiger's only 4.5 million. If Lampard does keep his job, and if Rudiger does continue to play and things improve for Chelsea, particularly defensively, Rudiger at 4.5 million is one to keep an eye on. 
Midfielders, I've added Pereira from West Brom because he had a big double game week. Barnes and Madison also did very well. Leicester are flying, you know, flying under the radar a little bit, having a very good season. Madison and Barnes have hit form. Barnes is playing 90 minutes more often now as well. So those two are high on my watch list. Youngman Son and Harry Kane are both back on it. Haven't sold them. I'd say it won't be very long before I bring one of those guys back in, if not both, given that so many of the other big hitters are underperforming at the moment. Two other midfielders have added Gundogan from City. He is a prime candidate for me to replace Kevin De Bruyne if he's ruled out for a couple of weeks. 5.5 million is amazing value. I think he's got five goals in the last six or seven games. Playing more advanced, took the penalty, so we'll probably take the next one as well. So 5.5 million, it's a no-brainer, I think, Gundogan at the moment. And Ross Barkley, finally returned from injury. Dean Smith kept saying, next week, next week, next week. Took him about three months to come back. Now that he is back, I think that's good news for Aston Villa, good news for Watkins, good news for, for Grealish. And Barkley himself could become an option as well if he can stay fit. I mentioned Harry Kane's back on the watch list. One other striker as well, Callum Robinson. So I've added Pereira and Robinson from West Brom. Both of them caught my eye in the double game week. Robinson, can't really see myself buying him to be honest. I think I'd be more likely to get Pereira. But Robinson is only about 5.4 or 5.5 million. So he's very cheap if you're looking to free up funds in attack to move it into midfield or defence. I don't think he is the worst option at the moment. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Twitter questions now. Thanks, as always, to everyone who sent them in. Crazy number. I think there was almost 200 questions. And given that the likes of De Bruyne and Salah are causing us problems, no wonder there's so many questions this week. So I picked out 10 of the best as usual, which should cover the main talking points. First one came in from Mark. And I assure you, this was not me asking the question. This is Mark with a C, not a K. We're at the halfway stage and you have a great rank being in the top 10K. What advice would you give to managers in the same position to maintain their rank for the rest of the season and or to push on to the top 1K perhaps? So if you're lucky enough to be having a very good season like myself, and I think this goes for all managers anyway, regardless of where your rank is this season, is... Don't let your rank impact your FPL decisions. That's my main piece of advice. Just because I'm in the top 10k now, that is not going to change how I play the game. I think the key is, if you're having a good season, keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about what your rank is. Don't worry that you're winning your mini league. You don't need to change your strategy and try and be defensive. Don't overthink it. Just keep doing what you're doing because that has has got you there in the first place. Um... A good example of that for me is, is selling Harry Kane last week and Son. It would have been easy for me to keep those guys 
you know, because I've got a good rank, they're highly owned, and the fear of them doing well, you know, I could slip down the rankings if, you know, they, they've got the potential to really hurt me. But, but when it came to it, like I mentioned, I want to play without fear this season because if I kept Kane and Son, I don't think my green arrow would be as big as it is this week because the, the hit paid off. So that's a good example. You know, don't let fear rule your decisions based on your rank either. And, and player ownership, don't let player ownership, you know, influence your decisions either. Just because a player's 50 or 60% owned and is having a good season, it doesn't mean you have to own them. I mean, there's an opportunity there to, to take them out at certain times as well and go against the grey and get a lower owned player, back them to outscore Kane or Son. And if that does happen, that's how you maybe get from your top 10k to, to your top 1k. So yeah, quite simply, keep doing what you're doing and you should finish the season pretty well. Question from Johnny Small. Is KDB to Son a no-brainer? I think it probably is a no-brainer, given that Son is one of the highest scoring players in the game this season. He's a player I want to bring back in myself pretty soon. But there is a lot of other options. There's a couple of related questions here, which I'll cover some of the, the other replacement options. But my thoughts on Son, first of all, my first thought was, if KDB's out, I'll go straight back to Son. But then I looked at the fixture. He plays Liverpool next. So I think I can survive without Son for that one. And I'm eyeing up possibly getting him back in game me 21 rather than in game me 20. So... I'll touch on my transfers later, but if I was to get rid of KDB this week, I would probably just get Gundogan, and then that frees up cash to do something like Suchek or Anguissa to Hyungman Son the following week. So yeah, I wouldn't stop anyone from going KDB straight to Son this week. Son could easily do well against Liverpool. You know, I always fancy Kane and Son to do well in the bigger fixtures just as much as I do in the lesser fixtures on the counter-attack. So Liverpool next is not ideal, but yeah, Son... Um, Son for KDB I think is, is a perfectly good transfer this week or the following week interestingly looking at the fixture ticker um, for the next six game weeks Liverpool and Tottenham are actually bottom of the fixture ticker so Spurs fixtures are not great next six Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea West Brom, Man City, West Ham so there's probably four tricky enough games in there and then you've got Brighton and West Brom which, which they should win but like I said Son and Kane are two players. I, I don't really fixtures don't really matter for those two. I, I don't think this season because they often do well in the bigger fixtures anyway. So yeah, Son, great option. I don't have him. He'll be back in my team pretty soon. A related question from Neil Byrne: replacements for KDB. You know, it keeps it simple. And I started noting down a few options here, and that made me realise just how many options there are to replace KDB. I think the number one option, if you don't have him, is Bruno Fernandez. You know, great fixture against Sheffield United this week. I don't think you overthink that when you just get Bruno in, who's going to be the standout captain this week. We mentioned Son. You could go from Kevin De Bruyne to another Man City midfielder. I mentioned Gundogan. I think he's the best option if he's going to be on penalties and he's scoring plenty of goals as well. Foden, good option, but I think he's more likely to get rotated than Gundogan is, so I'm going to avoid Foden for that reason. Bernardo Silva... I think that was his first goal of the season. You know, he might step up now while KDB is out, but I don't really like him as an FPL pick. And then there's Sterling. He's not having a very good season for his price tag. You know, Can get benched from time to time as well. But again, not, not a bad option really to replace KDB with. But for me, I'm not going to look past Gundogan. Um, I'm not going to let the price tag put me off either. You know, I'm just going to snap up that value at 5.5 million and hopefully he can continue to do the business other options, Harvey Barnes, James Madison, 
Jack Grealish, if you don't have him. Pogba's been pretty good recently as well. Sadio Mane, can we confidently buy a Liverpool attacker at the moment? Probably not. And like I said, they're bottom of the fixture ticker next six game weeks as well. So you're probably not going to captain Mane. Um, don't switch off the podcast when I say this next name. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. You know, he reminded us what he can do with that brace against Newcastle. I don't think it's the craziest idea to go from KDB to Aubameyang. But I wouldn't do it if you don't have Bruno. And I would I would definitely get Son before I would get Aubameyang as well. Probably probably Gundogan as well. But yeah, he's back in my thoughts slightly. Very unlikely that I'll get him in. Only 7% owned. So he is a potentially explosive differential. So if you want to be different, Aubameyang is one to think about. Saka, Smith-Rowe, if you want to free up Cash and Lookman for the same reason. So what you could do... What I think a lot of people will do, getting rid of KDB, is they'll go cheap and then they'll either upgrade to someone like Harry Kane if they don't have him with the funds saved or they'll pump more cash into defence, which seems like a good idea at the moment. So, yeah, my plan is probably Gundogan in this week and then I can get rid of Suchek or Anguisa for Son the following week. You know, I could go another route then. I could, I could get Kane for a cheap striker rather than going to Sun rate. But Sun's the guy I like the most. He's one of my favourite FPL picks. And I knew selling him on the double game week that I that would that I would get him back at some point in the near future. So yeah, Bruno number one, probably Sun number two, and then I'd probably put Gundo on number three in that list. Leicester midfielders probably come fourth then. But there's loads of options. You can go your own route with that with this one. Question from FPL Boogle. How would you rank Son, Rashford, Madison as potential KDB salary replacement? So Rashford was a player I didn't mention there because I don't really like him at the moment. He was benched, uh, benched in the last game. Lots of competition and attack for United now. There's I don't think his place is guaranteed at the moment because he hasn't been playing great. And I also don't like him when he plays on the right of the attack rather than the left. So Rashford I don't think is worth the cash at the moment over the other players I mentioned. So rank them, I think it's quite easy. Son number one, Madison number two, Rashford number three. Question from FPL Dell. Good question, this one. Is player price a distraction given the current high-priced flops and flourishing budget options? So yeah, as FPL managers, I think we do sometimes get blinded by player prices. And I think we've kind of got to adjust to player prices in our mind over the course of a season. Um, you know, don't always just buy the most expensive player if you're deciding between two players because very often the cheaper option can be the better option and, and for sure they can be the better value option and then you can use your cash elsewhere. So two good examples at the moment. Gundogan, 5.5 million. You know, if I was pricing him today, if I was setting up the FPL game, he'd be 10 million. So look at him as a 10 million player this week if you're if you're looking to buy uh, a Man City player. And Hyungman Son, he's what about nine and a half million, nine point seven or something like that. Son is playing like a twelve million or a thirteen million player this season. So there's you know there's great value with Son even still with all those price rises. So don't don't say to yourself, I'm not going to get Son because I've missed all his price rises. He's still very good value. He's you know he's out of position. Don't forget that. You know, he's a midfielder who plays plays up front and he's he's on fire. He's having the season of his life. So yeah. Be careful with player prices and, you know, readjust them in your own mind and look for value. That's what we're looking to do, really. That's why I think Gundogan is, is such a good pick at the moment ahead of those very good Manchester City fixtures. Um, you know, you don't need to go for Sterling because he's the more expensive one. Gundogan could easily outscore Sterling over the next couple of game weeks. 
Next question came in from Dergish. Which two City defenders would you recommend in a Man City defensive double up? Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to look to double up on the Manchester City defence, if not already. I have. I've got Diaz and Cancelo. And those are the two I think I would go for if I was making the decision. Let's say I was on a wild card this week and I was going double City defence. I think Diaz would be number one and Cancelo number two. Yes, it's a concern that he gets benched from time to time, but let's say he gets benched one and eight or one and ten. I think that's worth it because we've seen again in that game, he hit the crossbar. Um, he could have an assist for KDB in that one as well. He is potentially... He can score 15 plus points in any given game because he plays in midfield, so he creates loads of chances and he gets plenty of shots as well. So I think Cancelo's worth it, even though he could get the odd rest. Um, obviously, Stones is a very good option as well. I wouldn't be surprised to see Stones get a couple of more goals uh, this season. So, you know, that begs the question what about the triple up? Um, you know, I've mentioned I'm probably going to get Gundawan. I wouldn't stop anyone from getting three Man City defenders, especially for these next three fixtures. Could easily be three more clean sheets. Um, throw in a couple of attacking returns there and a couple of bonus, and you could absolutely fly. So yeah, tr- uh, triple up in defence I think is fine as well. The reason I'm not doing it is, number one, I'm quite happy with my five defenders, and number two, it does make things a little bit tricky later. If you wanted to get De Bruyne back, or if you wanted to get a Foden or a Gundogan, or an Aguero when he comes back. If you've got three City defenders, it's quite hard to get out of that. You're probably looking at two transfers at least to, to rearrange things. So for for team structure reasons, I think Gundogan is a better choice at the moment. Question from Luke Street. Are Trent and Robertson a realistic double up now that it looks like the premium players aren't going big and there's some real doubt about form and injuries? I was very impressed by Trent in particular last night. Um, even though they lost 1-0, Trent was bombing forward most of the game, creating plenty of chances, having plenty of shots himself as well. I haven't looked at the numbers, but I'm guessing they're going to be pretty good from, from the eye test. Yes, Liverpool aren't performing at the moment, but you know that won't last forever. They will turn the corner at some point in the near future. Robertson, we know, has been great all season, but Trent, I think, is becoming a real option now as well for us, particularly when... I think a lot of us are probably going to have extra cash lying around if we sell KDB for, for a cheap player. Cash, the budget doesn't seem to be a problem at the moment. I think a lot of people put, will sell Salah as well. So there's going to be cash to spend so you can treat yourself. You know, you can maybe sell a 4.5 million defender and treat yourself to a Trent Alexander-Arnold or a Robertson. So yeah, I think the double up, I think it's viable, but what puts me off it is those fixtures like I mentioned Liverpool have a tough run as do Spurs so Liverpool have Spurs next West Ham who are playing very well Brighton Man City Leicester Everton so that is a tricky run for Liverpool do I see a lot of clean sheets in there I don't at the moment so I think I'm happy just to hold Robertson I'm not looking to double up but maybe when the fixtures do improve maybe that's when I'll look to Trent Alexander-Arnold so for me it's a no I think one Liverpool defender is enough at the moment I just don't like I don't like them with with Fabinho in there Um, you know I think they lose a lot playing him at centre-back he's such a good protector of the back four when he plays in midfield I think he was caught out for that um, Ashley Barnes goal you know I think he was as much at fault for the penalty as Alisson was in that scenario so yeah I would like to see Fabinho back in midfield um, and, and a better better centre-back in there than him so Robertson for me is enough 
Again, double up, don't like it just because of the fixtures at the moment. Question from FPL Doctor. Give me a differential from each position to hold from now until the end of the season. So I've had a look through my watch list and I've picked out a few low-owned players. One defender, Harry Maguire, 5.4 million. He's only owned by 4.5% of managers. I don't know how he's only scored one goal this season. He gets, every time I watch him, it looks like he gets at least two goal attempts in each game. So surely there'll be more goals to come from Maguire before the end of the season. Harvey Barnes, 6.8 million. He's owned by less than 5%. He's on 4.9 at the time of recording. He's in form. Leicester are gunning for the title again. Uh, I think Harvey Barnes is a very good differential there at a good price. And Danny Ings as the forward here, 8.3 million. He's owned by 6.2% of managers. So they're a great team. They've got a lot of injuries at the moment. But once they start getting those guys back, I'll be looking to bring in Danny Ings. Hopefully he doesn't have any long-lasting issues from his positive COVID test. Um, yeah, so Danny, Ing- Danny Ings, Harvey Barnes and Harry Maguire. There's three differentials that I would happily buy now and if I was forced to keep them for the rest of the season. Question from Callum. Is big at the back a realistic option now with the underwhelming big hitters in attack? I think it absolutely is. To me, it feels like a good time to have maybe more than three defenders. I think if you're playing a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3 at the minute or even a 4-5-1, I mean, there's not that many strikers performing. I think four defenders at the back feels pretty good at the moment. Recently watching games, a lot of games are pretty flat. You know, there's so many games this season in a condensed period. The players are exhausted. You know, nobody's playing at 100% capacity. So I think that's leading to, it feels like anyway, recently less goals in games. Uh, and more clean sheets for certain teams. So I think big at the back is an option when cash is going to be available. I, I think a good example which sums this up is I've got Suchek. Basically this week I've got Suchek, Kufal and Justin. I've got to decide to start one of those guys. And when I bought Suchek a few weeks ago on Wildcard, I thought I'd be starting him every week. But at the moment it feels better to start Kufal or even Justin uh, over Suchek because Suchek hasn't had many goal attempts recently and I trust Leicester and Justin for clean sheets uh, and West Ham at the minute as well have been playing very well defensively so I think I'll end up benching Suchek this week and starting either Kufal or Justin which is uh, which is a pretty tricky decision actually um, and I, yeah I just I think part of that decision as well is I don't really feel confident about having Suchek as my 11th player at the moment so I'm looking to upgrade him with the KDB funds as I mentioned so yeah big at the back feels like a good time to do so and final question for this week from FPL Rod we know what Salah can do but are we being too patient on a premium asset who isn't performing in a team just not on form their upcoming fixtures aren't great but at the end of the day it's Salah yeah Salah's a tricky one now Um, I always try and play the season this season only so I try and forget about what Salah's done in previous seasons um, I always think to myself if I was an alien and I came down from outer space this season and this was my first FPL season and I knew absolutely nothing about the past would I hold Salah now or would I sell him and I think I would. the answer would be we would sell him so we've got to think you know we've got to play the season that we're, we're playing Salah hasn't really justified his price tag Liverpool are out of form and they've got tough fixtures Salah for me, what it comes down to is captaincy. Am I confident to captain him 
in many games over the next six game weeks? No, probably only one of them, probably only that Brighton game. So when you're only going to captain him once in the next six game weeks, you've got to ask yourself the question, can I spend that money better for the short term? Now, I think other issues, for example, De Bruyne, it's going to force a lot of us to keep Salah. So hopefully he can improve over the coming game weeks. But if you don't have other issues, I think selling Salah is absolutely fine. Uh, you know, we can always bring him back in on a second wild card or bring him back in when Liverpool start performing better. So yeah, at the moment, I think we're going to see a lot of people sell Salah. And I, you know, you can't really make an argument at the moment to say that you shouldn't. Moving on to captaincy now for game week 20. So looks like we won't have De Bruyne to choose from. Also, Tottenham play Liverpool, so I think a lot of people will swear of that game when it comes to captaincy. So by process of elimination, that leaves Bruno Fernandes at home to Sheffield United. He is going to be absolutely massively captain this week. Uh, I put a poll on Twitter myself this morning. Four options, Bruno Fernandes, Man City player, Tottenham attacker, Liverpool attacker. That got about 5,000 votes. Bruno ran away with it, 73%. A Man City player came in second with 17%. So I know some people will captain City defenders. And then you'll have people on the likes of Gundo, Sterling, these guys. Tottenham attacker, 7% of the vote. And crazy, a Liverpool attacker got just 3% of the vote. Go back a couple of weeks and they were beating Crystal Palace 7-0. You would never expect to see a pole where a Liverpool attacker gets just 3% of the vote. So for me, Bruno Fernandes, not going to overthink it. May end up captaining Bruno quite often, actually, over the next couple of weeks, looking at the fixtures. I mentioned Spurs and Liverpool fixtures are tough. Um, De Bruyne is going to be out for a while, it looks like. So I think captaincy could become quite tricky over the coming weeks. Or we just kind of auto-captain Bruno Fernandes, which, you know, if we've been doing that for the last year or so, would have been pretty good anyway. So I can see myself captain and Bruno quite often over the next couple of game weeks just because, you know, fixtures for some of the other teams and De Bruyne is kind of gone as an option now as well. Who are the other captain options for game week 20? Had a look at the fixtures, not that many stand out. Vardy possibly away to Everton. Don't really like it myself though. Bamford away to Newcastle. Leeds were, were pretty awful against Brighton, so I wouldn't be that confident in captain and Bamford there either. So yeah, this week feels like one where you don't overthink it. You captain Bruno. If you don't have him, you probably should look to try and get him in, even just to protect yourself, uh, if nothing else. Game week 20 transfers, I've kind of covered them already. I was hoping to bank this week, but the KDB news will probably change that. I should stress, it hasn't been confirmed yet either how long he's going to be out for. So wait for official news before you act on a Kevin De Bruyne transfer. I want three City players for their very nice fixture. So I'm going to keep it simple. Get Gundogan at 5.5. I'm going to be a rich man then. I'm going to have about 7.6 million in the bank. That will allow me to get Sun back for Game Week 21. And it would also open the door for Danny Ings for someone like Watkins in game week 22 then but that will all depend on Aston Villa double game weeks if if Villa have double game weeks in the near future then Watkins will probably stay and I could even look to sell Bamford or Antonio for Danny Ings you know I'm, I'm pretty hot on Danny Ings in this podcast but that doesn't mean I will end up bringing him in I mean if Bamford Antonio Watkins continue to play well you know I'll just keep those three for the foreseeable future Salah will probably stay for me due to other transfers 
Uh, one other player worth mentioning, Martinez, the goalkeeper. I can see myself getting him back in at some point as well once those Aston Villa double game weeks are rearranged. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before the Game Week 20 deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General. Have a great weekend, everyone. Stay safe and good luck for Game Week 20. The next episode will be released on Thursday to preview Game Week 21. Talk to you then. The Athletic.